It's because you are worthy. It's because you are deserving. It's because you have drawn us unto you. Thank you for saving us and keeping us for yourself. We are gathered together again from every nation, tongue, and tribe tonight to glorify you, to testify that we have seen the Lord's goodness, His mercies, and compassion. And we are grateful. We belong to you. And we are glad. We are yours. And we are glad. Thank you that no one else has been appointed to be Lord over us. But the King of glory himself. So we give you honor. We give you praise. We give you our celebration. We give you our acknowledgement. Say forever and ever you are high and lifted up. We live for you. We honor you day by day. Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before worship culture steps down, let's take four or five minutes to welcome one another by singing the song, I have seen the Lord's goodness, His mercies and compassion. Please move around and just um, celebrate one another, bless one another, bring healing and comfort to one another. Sing the Lord's goodness, His mercies and compassion. I have seen the Lord's goodness. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I have seen the Lord's goodness, His mercies and compassion. I have seen the Lord's goodness. Hallelujah, praise. I have seen the Lord's goodness. Mercies and mercies. I have seen the Lord's goodness. I have seen the Lord's goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have seen the Lord's goodness. His mercies and compassion. I have seen the Lord's Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have seen the Lord's goodness. His mercies. Yes, I have. Yeah.
Amen. So let's celebrate worship culture again for another wonderful time. Thank you. Praise the Lord. So again, please say to the person who's beside you, how are you? Amen. Are you truly interested in how they are? Are you really interested? So tell them, I'm really interested. How are you? You can also ask the person, how much money do you need? Hallelujah. No, hello. Sincerely, please ask the person beside you, how much, how much money do you need? Hallelujah. Okay, amen. So, uh, ask ask the person if if I if I send you five hundred naira, will it make a difference? Will it help you? If I give you five hundred, will, will it make a difference? Uh, listen, listen to me. If somebody asks you if I transfer 500 naira to you, will it make a difference? If it really will make a difference, you better tell the person no. Because somebody is going to transfer money to you. That's true. It will make a difference. All right, good. Praise the Lord. Now, um, sorry, our daddies and mommies over here, asking yourselves that question means nothing. So please help me ask one or two people around you know, um, or perhaps they are far, right? They are far. Praise God. They are far. If I transfer 500 to you to make a difference. Okay. Somebody's already receiving. transferring to somebody you can you can totally I'm telling you you can I'm telling you you can you can you can I'm serious you can praise the Lord Listen to me. Listen to me. After all, the 545 naira you have in your bank account cannot solve anything. So share 300 naira with somebody today. And by so doing, create a testimony. Hallelujah. Some, do, I'm serious. I'm encouraging somebody to do something right now. I'm encouraging somebody to do something now.
Alright? Peter, who are you transferring to? Peter, do something. Sister Sharon, where are you? Would you do something for somebody? Do some, you have done something for somebody. Ma, you have. She's doing 500 for 10 people. Praise God. Uh, uh, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus, Jesus, listen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus says, the very words of your Lord Jesus himself says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So even those of you who have received, do something. Share out of what you received with somebody tonight. You just received now. Go and share with somebody. Hallelujah. If you receive 1,000 Naira, it is not more than 1,000 Naira that it can buy. But if you take 500 out of that 1,000 and you share it with somebody, you have created a testimony that lasts forever. You get 1,000 Naira, if I give you now, you eat it. And it's gone. But if you take 500 out of that 1,000 and you share it with somebody, you have created a testimony that will last forever. You need to be more interested in creating testimonies than consuming things. Amen. To so somebody, I'm still talking, I just feel, I just feel I should say this. Somebody in this place this evening needs to create a testimony. Somebody still has something he's meant to share with somebody. Go ahead and do it. I'm going to give you another five minutes to do it. It's done. God bless you. See, listen. If it's not 500, if it's 200, do it. But share something with somebody this evening. Share something with somebody this evening. Now, li listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. If there is no money to share, walk up to somebody, place your hand on their shoulder and say, can I pray for you? And then pray for them. Amen. Awesome. Have you done something? Yes. <laughs> Somebody, Pastor Jay is moving around. Somebody should pray, pray the prayer, Lord, make me a target. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lord, make me a target. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Not to worry. All of us are provided for. Yeah. Amen. And uh, beyond what happens here, the Lord will command people to bring to you and to help you.
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Shout glory to the Lord. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for releasing. Thank you for releasing. Amen. Thank you for releasing. Um, whatever it is you have to release, thank you for releasing. Praise the Lord. Every time we release, somebody's life gets better. You know, thank you for releasing. Uh, we've always said you may not have what it takes to change the whole world, but you have something you can use to change one person's current situation. It may not be the totality of the person's experience, there's something you can contribute to making somebody's life um, a lot easier and more comfortable. So please and please never shy away from doing that. Are you with me? Let's settle down now, please. Let's settle down. Never shy away from doing that. Never shy away from being kind. Never shy away from being compassionate. Praise God. Yeah, never shy away from being compassionate. Hallelujah. Well, for this evening, uh, I want to, I want us to look at a few things in preparation for our time of prayer tomorrow. How many of you remember we have the time of prayer tomorrow? Praise God. And, um, I want to encourage you to, from this moment, let your heart be, be in the spirit of that assignment that God is given to us. I have this strong impression in my heart that there was a meeting in the heavenlies recently in which those of us who are privileged at this point in time to be leaders in the body of Christ are being directed and redirected to the assignment of bringing the world back to Jesus. And my prayer, my faith is that even the things we will say this evening, as well as our time of prayer tomorrow, will be in furtherance of that decision or that um, direction that has been given to us in the heavenlies. It's not as if it's a change of what it had always been, but Jesus is coming soon. Praise the Lord. Jesus is coming soon. One of the strong impressions I had in my heart earlier on today is that all this fire you have can be put to better use than what we are putting it to. The use to which we are putting it. Praise God. The advantage, the knowledge, the strength, the anointing we carry can be put to better use than entertaining ourselves and making ourselves feel good in church. We are confronted with a monstrous problem in the world and we'll be looking at some data as we go on it's the that will be the basis for stirring and stimulating ourselves towards prayer praise the lord so let's start from revelations chapter number 20 i told you that tomorrow we will be gathered together from 9 a.m till about 12 noon and we'll be praying concerning the different countries of the world we have provided or we've designed a template for the time of prayer. The nations of the earth or the regions that we should pray for by name. 
we already have a document containing all the about 200 and so names or countries, territories, and sub-territories we'll be praying for. We'll be praying tomorrow by name for countries. Um, it's going to take us quite an amount of time, but I want you to understand that it is not time wasted, neither is it time spent. It is rather investment made. Because, like I said to you on Sunday, these things are the things of top priority in the heart of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So from Revelations, I said, chapter number 20, we're going to start reading from verse number 11. Revelations chapter 20. Are you there? And verse 11. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, great and small, in the eyes of men, great and small, those with great achievements and attainments and those with less than considered to be great achievements, standing before the throne. And books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. You get that? So here we have at least two different books. He said books were open, and then there's another one that is called the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Do you get that? So there will be a judgment according to what you did in the books. But that's not all there is to judgment. Verse, 20, verse 13. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. So there's going to be judgment according to what we have done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15 is the place of emphasis. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. So there is a second death and the parameters by which anybody gets qualified for it or is exempted, exonerated from the second death, which is the lake of fire, is whether or not his name is in the book of life. Praise God. Simple lesson. I'm not doing any serious exegesis tonight. Let me remind you of John 3.16. Let's go there because it will be good for us to read these things again. John chapter 3 and verse number 16. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Praise God. So we read in Revelations 20 the absolute ultimate end of men if their names are not in the book of life. Thanks be to God, John 3.16 tells us 
that God has made provision for men not to end up there. Second Peter chapter 3, we looked at last week. Let's go there. Second Peter chapter 3. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 3, the Bible tells us, um, where is that verse now? The Bible tells us that God is not willing that any man should perish. Sorry, is it 3 or 2 now? 3 verse 9, thank you. The Lord is not slow, thank you very much. Second Peter chapter 3, all right? From verse number 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So we looked at three scriptures. Revelation chapter 20 tells us the end, the inevitable end. In fact, Revelation chapter 1, John was saying the things that he was told by the angel of the things that must surely happen. They will surely happen. It may have tarried for long, but someday all will stand before God and judgment will be made. Praise God. And anyone whose name is not in the book of life ends up in the lake of fire. And that is the second death. Then we looked at John 3.16 telling us that Irrespective of that inevitable end, the Lord has made provision. So it doesn't have to be the end of any man. Nobody has to end like that. And then we see here in Second Peter chapter 3, the Bible says that the Lord is patient. The Lord has given us much time. And the reason why he has given that is not because he's slack concerning his promise, but he wants nobody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go there, but rather that all should come to repentance. Praise the Lord. Now the first, the final scripture we'll read, please. First Timothy chapter number, first Timothy chapter number two. Praise God. Amen. First Timothy chapter two. I'll read from verse one. Are you there? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and from verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. So 1 Timothy chapter 2 from verse number 1 says, I urge then, sorry, therefore I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Please, I want you to note it well in your Bible. This is the mind of God. He says, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions. Giving of thanks should be made for who? How many people? All men, right? So we've been called to pray for all men. It's part of the commandment. It's part of the instruction we've received from the Lord. It's what he expects to see in our lives. 
It is one of the ways by which we please the Lord. It says to pray for all men. Verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. Verse number 3 is our forte. It says for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. It is good in the sight of God. Of God our Savior that we pray for all men. That they be saved, right? He says it's good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4. Who desires all men to be saved? Hallelujah. And to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, we looked at Revelation, the destruction of men. We looked at John 3.16. Tells us God has made provision for men not to be destroyed. We look at Second Peter chapter 3. That says he's patiently waiting for men to repent. And here we see again in First Timothy chapter 2. The Bible says his desire, his strong desire is that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 10 tells us that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's read Romans chapter 10. And that's the final portion of scripture we'll read before we look at some statistics here and there. Amen? Are you with me? Romans chapter number 10. And um, let's read from verse number 6. Romans chapter 10, verse number 6. It says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse number nine. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. Verse number 10 says, For with a heart one believes unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Are you following the scriptures? Verse 11, For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. That's all there is to it. People need to believe on him, and they will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever... You know, he says anybody, every, he desires every man to be saved. He says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, verse 14 says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Praise God. Okay. So we begin to see some of the things we need to pray about tomorrow. Right. We need to pray that people will. And well, let's finish reading this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Praise God. So these are some of the things we need to be praying about concerning nations. That they will hear and they will believe. Hallelujah. It says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So we're going to be praying that the Lord will raise preachers for the nations. Can I have an amen? amen. You don't have to carry a title. The world needs preachers that will bring the gospel to nations. Amen. You will see in a minute or two what I'm talking about. 
Praise God. You can do more for the Lord with your life than fulfill your dreams. Amen. Can I say something to you? When compared to the needs of the Lord concerning the salvation of men's souls, your dream, no matter how lofty it is, is a small thing. The Lord needs you. The Lord needs me to pursue and fulfill what he lived and he died for. Praise God. What he lived and died for. My comfort. My comfort is not an issue. There is no magnitude of discomfort I can experience on the earth that will compare to the discomfort of a friend, present or distant, who enters into the lake of fire. Nothing we sacrifice for the world to come to Jesus is too great. The Bible says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Are you still with me? At times I feel like apologizing that every time I come here, I'm not coming to tell you how to satisfy your own longings. I truly feel like apologizing. But I know better. The satisfaction of your longings will end here on the earth. And if the sacrifice of my longing and not the satisfaction of my longing will translate into eternal life for people, then the Lord help me to, to sacrifice the satisfaction of my longings. Praise the Lord. When I begin to show you some data in a few minutes, you will see the magnitude of the problem. You, they're, they're, brothers and sisters, there is a problem. People are going to hell in quantities and at speeds that you can't imagine. Except we don't believe the gospel. But if we believe the gospel that there is a heaven, there is a hell, and that faith in the Lord Jesus Christ rescues men from hell. Brothers and sisters, we ought to do better. The Lord wants us to do better. Now, the beginning of doing better is praying. At least we'll start from that. Praise the Lord. What the Lord requires of us is very serious business. Now I perceive that the Lord wants us to move away from the Christianity of convenience to the Christianity of true obedience. Because it is the truly obedient that can be useful for divine purposes. Hallelujah. It says, again, okay, 
Verse 16, we've not read that before. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. So there's a need for us to take the word of faith to the world. Now, right now, you may not be in a position, as it were, to go to remote areas, countries where there is a strong need for the gospel, even if you're willing. Praise God. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may heal, be healed. The effective, that's a heartfelt, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Also, as we look at 1 Peter chapter 2, we looked at earlier on, he says we should pray for all men. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires that all men should be saved. Every man. The Lord wants them to be saved. He died for all. Amen. You know that, right? Second Corinthians chapter five. Let's look at that. Second Corinthians chapter five. And that is verse number 15. Sorry. Are you there? Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 15. What does it say? And he died for all. For how many people? For how many people? For all. Hebrews also tells us in chapter 2, verse 14 thereabout, he tasted death for all. Praise God. For all. He's done it for all. So there really is no true justification why anybody should end up in hell. Brothers and sisters, hell is real. Amen? And Jesus died that no one should go there. So now, as we get into some data, in preparation for tomorrow's time of prayer, our blessed media have helped us with some slides. Um, that we will be using to pray. They have um, provided material for about 200 and something. Praise God. Now I'm not even too sure of how many countries we have in the world. But you know you have all sorts of colonies, divisions and stuff like that. And they come to about 200 and something names we want to pray for. Places where people are resident that we're going to be praying for. Praise God. Just a minute. So, amen. This is the format. Uh, can, can you make it full screen, please? So that it's, and then maybe if you can, be, before, before tomorrow, if you can, increase the font size, make it more, uh, visible, legible. Is it better up there? Okay, good. So that you can see it. And um, so for each of the countries we'll be praying for, where, where 
Well, the, the intention is to spend about, it's automated, right? Or what do you call it now? The slideshow, right? It's automated, right? Is that what it's called? So it's programmed for about 55 seconds. You know, when the new nation comes up, we announce the name. Hey, just pray as well as you can over it as the Lord helps us. Uh, for instance, we have India here. There are three points on each slide. Uh, the capital, it's not too relevant. But the important things are the population. Praise God. And then the percentage of the population that are said to be Christians. Are you with me? Now, please understand this likewise, that every percentage that is said to be Christian includes, you know what I mean? Praise God. In addition to praying, what we're going to be doing with these slides will also help many of you understand. It will shock you when you get to Israel. Can you give us Israel? Give us Israel. And see what fraction of Israel. You see that? So, praise God. Israel. Of whom the Christ came. 3.5%. All right, praise God. Already you can see, you can see that we should pray. We should pray that God will help with all the power, the wisdom, and his ability that the nations of the earth should be properly evangelized, that the gospel should be preached, and that they should believe and come to the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? Now, but for tonight, just to help us put certain things in better perspective, we're going to look at the 10 most populous countries in the world. All right? By this study, we start with India. All right? So, can you please give us India? Praise God. Just search it. You're going to have to search it. You should be able to search it. There should be a search icon that you just put in so you don't have to scroll. Now, India, um, I think they recently overtook China. Or whoever is overtaking whoever in any way, whatever it is, you know. Um, and I, I even think these figures are a bit higher than this, actually. But let's just use this, for instance, to understand what we're saying. India, by this, has a population of about 1.4. And while I was looking at this, while I was looking at this, it's billion, no, it's not million, it's billion. While I was looking at this, I was cautioned in my spirit not to make approximations. Are you with me? You can't approximate men when it comes to eternity. Every human being who goes to hell is 100% hell for that person. So you can't say 1.8 something billion approximately. No. Every single one that you want to approximate is a whole person that Jesus died for. 
So uh, uh, India has a population of 1.4 or rather 1 billion 407 million 563,842. Praise God. Of these 1.4 billion people. You know what 1.4 billion people is? Of these 1.4 billion people, 2.3% say they are Christians. Now let's use figures and not percentage so you understand. 32,373,968 people say they are Christians. You get? So let us assume that these 32 million people are going to heaven. How many people are going to hell? 1 billion, 15 million, 189 people from India. Sorry? 1 billion. Yes, 300, sorry. 1 billion, 315. So, praise God. No, it can't be, no. 32, 300 and 300 and something. Praise God. My math is wrong. Praise God. You get that? So 1.3 billion people. Praise God. There are more people going to hell than there are poor people in the world. Now, IMF, UN, maybe complaining and making noise about poverty. Only the church and those who are genuinely in Christ can make noise about those who are going to hell. It's you and I. There is no, uh, what do you call it, United Nations organization that's concerned about people going to hell. But going to hell is a, more, it's a greater problem than hunger. Now that's India. Let's look at China. Praise God. Are you in China? China. Praise God. You see China? China has a population of what? Let's do it together. 1 billion, 412 million, 360,000. Out of that number, 2.5%. Oh yeah, do maths, do maths. 2.5% of 1.4 billion. That's 35,309,000 people. 35 million. So how many of them are actually on their way to the lake of fire? 1.3 billion people. I pray the Spirit of God will give us a greater concern than what we're going to eat tomorrow morning. Praise God. I pray he gives us a greater concern than whether or not I'll be able to drive the latest vehicle. There will be more concerned than the popularity of our lives. People are going to hell. If you go and find out how many people approximately die 
in this Ukraine-Russian war every day. And the vast majority of them are going straight to hell. We need to be concerned. The church needs to be concerned. The church needs to be concerned. And you see, listen, this is the one and only thing Jesus died for. If our priority is not what he prioritized to the point of his death, we're not being profitable sons of God. We need to be concerned. I really don't know how this that we're doing is going to translate into your journey. But I think it's something he prioritizes that we need to talk about more often than not. Amen. We need missionaries in the church today. Now, missionaries does not mean somebody like Livingstone. A missionary just means a believer who is constantly on a mission to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever he is. He doesn't need to go to a bush if he's not called to the bush or if he's not given the opportunity to go to the bush. You get? There are a lot of these one point something billion people who are not in the bush. Many of them will walk past them every day and we don't care about their souls. And one of the points I made in the teaching we did on Sunday, I didn't say it on Sunday, I wanted to skip my mind, but I said it the other time we talked about it, is one of the things that has weakened us a lot in, Christ, in Christianity, particularly with respect to doing this work and stepping out with confidence to bring people and rescue them from their path of destruction, is our perception that the person you're meeting may actually be the helper of your destiny. You see, this thing about help of destiny, it's not God. Quote me anywhere, it's not God. It is something we have allowed to enter into the church and grasp our mentality and it has retrained us to become uh, needy and greedy. It has... It's been born out of our need to survive in the world. To have a better life in the world. Praise God. You meet somebody who, listen, all purposes and intents, you are better than that person. You know Jesus. You belong to the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus has given you his spirit. You've been empowered. You lay hands on the sick. They get healed. You rebuke situations. They respond. But because you're looking for a level of comfort and fame, you suddenly see people who seem to be in that dimension of comfort as fame as a potential helper of your destiny. And because of that, you don't do the assignment that God has sent you to them. Because you're afraid. If I start talking about Jesus to this person, will he still give me the job? Let him perish with his job. That's the mindset you're developing. You want him to perish. And so all of us now are looking just for those who will help us. Listen, you're a servant of the Most High God 
on an assignment. May you not be helped if it is not along the path of that assignment. Every help, you know, it has just, I just, you're giving me promotion and people that are meant to help come to Jesus are going to help. That's not help. That's not help. It's a strategic, it's a strategic placement by the devil to make the children of God completely unconscious of the priorities of the Lord. Praise God. If a Chinese man comes to you now and says, there's potential I can help you travel to China to go and get some goods. What you're going to be thinking of is how not to mess up that opportunity. Because all of a sudden, this may be the help of my destiny. But what destiny is he helping you to attain? Whilst many times you're thinking perhaps people were sent to you, the truth of the matter is you were the one who was sent to them. You've got to change that mindset. If not, we can't help the people who are going straight to hell. Always looking for helpers when you have the true helper. It's got to change. 1.4 billion people Rich as they are. And then I hear people say silly, uninformed, spiritually uninformed things. When they say we are too spiritual in Nigeria. And upon it all, look at China. They don't know God. It's a shame for you as a child of God to echo that China does not know God. And you're using it as a validation to tell those who know God. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's a shame. Shut up. Stop saying things that the Holy Ghost should slap you over. Shut up. Who told you that as beautiful as their economy is, that God is happy with them? When did your own concern become comfort and systems working above whether or not the Lord is happy with the people? Hallelujah. But because they have good road, but because they have money, but because they are this and that and that and that, we think we glorified, we think God has glorified them. The people of 1.4 billion people and 1.37 billion of them do not know Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. United States of America. Let's look at United States of America. Where all of us want to go to. Hallelujah. Well, this particular source of data says that there are about 79.5% Christians out of a population of 331 million. Praise God. But they're actually less. Another one says about 63%. But let's use the 79% thing to calculate. So out of that, we have 263,855,527 who say they are Christians. And of course, when you say they are Christians, you know what I mean. Praise God. 
if they really had this number amongst the Christians. Anyway, let's go ahead. Which means that we have 68 million people. Hallelujah. 68 million. And I can assure you that those that are going to hell in America, except for the gospel of Jesus Christ intervention, is more than 68 million. Hallelujah. How many of you are believing God will? Okay. How many of you are planning to go to America? Let me ask it the way it really is, you know, because I know you are not believing God will send you to America. People are not believing that. People want to go to America, be. Now, me, I'm praying that when you go to America, that you will be going as one that God has sent. Because there are people there who really need Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, praise God. So we've looked at how many now? You said one? Three. All right, good. So let's look at the next one, which is Indonesia. Hallelujah. Indonesia has a population of 273,753,191. All right? Out of which 10%. Well, 10.5%. That comes to 28 million people, thereabout, that are said to be Christians. It means there is 245 million people. See, brothers and sisters, we just need to pray. Praise God. God knows what God needs to do to help these numbers. The numbers themselves are overwhelming. You get that overwhelming. God knows how to reach them. But we need to get more committed to pray. To say, Lord, reach out to those people. What, what do you, how do we pray? How do we partner with you in prayer to bring about salvation to these nations? 245 million people. You know, we looked at 1.3 billion people. That is where we should actually be singing Oluwa ni boni kinti bere. Amen. But where to start is yield your heart and say, Lord, I don't even know how to, see, I don't even know how to pray. But Lord, I'm here. Just use me. I yield to be used. That's Indonesia for you. Then let's look at Brazil. Brazil claims a very high number of Christians supposedly in Brazil. Amen. Very high. That's about 90% by this. That comes to 192 million. Well, 21 million supposedly don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the sake of our time, let's rush through. The next one is what? The seventh most populous country in the world is which? Nigeria. Say yeah. What if we were buying labor and say yeah? Tell your neighbor we are inexcusable. This one we don't need to enter an aeroplane to go anywhere. Yeah. There's no need for visa. Yeah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Nigeria. Where is it? 
Sorry? Good. So we have 213,401,323 people. Praise God. Do you know your number out of these 200 and something million? Your number what? Number one. Praise God. And 45.9% we say we are Christians. But we know ourselves a bit. We know ourselves. That gives us about 97 or 98 million Christians, which means we have 115 million people in Nigeria. Praise God. 115 million people. Do you know where they are? we should pray. So Father, in the name of Jesus, concerning this land, I'm asking Lord for a greater prosperity of the gospel. 115 million people. It's hard, even those numbers, you know. Because it's more than 115 million. Because there are a lot of people who don't do asalam alaikum and they don't do uh, no asalam alaikum is just Arabic isn't it for something about peace right uh, but there are a lot of people who are not Muslims who are not traditional worshippers it's this you know it's just you understand what I'm saying what we can we, we, we should pray so I'm saying this to encourage you tomorrow, please, let's come and come with a heart that says, Lord, I don't even know how to pray, but I'm here for whatever and howsoever you will help us to pray. But let our time tomorrow translate into better statistics for the kingdom. Can I have an amen? amen. So after Nigeria, we talk about Bangladesh. Maybe we should just quickly look at Bangladesh. You get the picture, isn't it? You see, the truth of the matter is, we've looked at some nations. You see, these first seven nations we've looked at. If you put together all the unbelievers in those seven nations, they are more than all the believers you will find anywhere else. We are talking about 1.3 billion plus another 1.3 billion. The first two alone have... The first two alone. These are not people who are in and out of Christianity. These are people who we need to pray. I think that's what we need to do. And God help us that tomorrow will not be a one-off thing. You get? We need to pray. You know, many times we meet, we pray, we want to pray for power, we want to pray for open doors, we want to pray for this, pray for that. Mm. I don't even know what to say. I said we should look at where Bangladesh or something, right? Okay, let's look at Bangladesh and then we'll stop there. All right? 169,356,251, of which 0. 
Praise God. 0.3. That means there's just about 508,000 Christians, while there are 168,848,000 unbelievers. I want to check Malaysia. Let me see what they have been doing there, in fact. Yeah. Have you seen it? Oh, you haven't brought it. Malaysia. There should be be a search icon on your this now. Just search it now. Okay. I have Malaysia here. Malaysia is a country of about 33,573,874. And just 9% of them. Praise God. So all the, what do you call them? Obi Malaysia. Obi Dollar. <laughs> Praise God. They are not doing anything for the Lord. They are just going to carry Malaysia dollars to come and build a house in their village. Your brothers. Um, hey. Um, now, what's your Igbo name? TD. Praise God. Obi Malaysia. Glory to God. Hallelujah. May they all be missionaries where they go. That's what we need. And, you know, I was saying the other day, I need to reiterate it. There's a need for us to talk more about these things. Because I can tell you without any fear of contradiction, many of you will be sent to different nations of the world. All right? Forget about this jackpot thing that is happening now. God will organize your own in a very unique way. But begin to embrace the preparation that he has for you. Praise God. There's work to do. People are going to hell. And there is no reason for people to go to hell. We need to preach the gospel to them. They need to hear the gospel so that they will believe. And the Bible says it's simple. If you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple. But we're not preaching. We're not telling people. We're more concerned about how things pan out for us here on the earth. Glory to God. So please, tomorrow, we're going to start nine for nine. and We're going to pray. Praise God. When you're coming, are you listening to me? Please, when you're coming, you can come with water. You get to drink. Don't worry, I'm not sprinkling water anybody. Water to drink, you get. If it's a drink, whatever it is, it's not about whether or not you are famished. All right? If you want, bring whatever drink, to keep yourself hydrated, we'll pray. The Lord will help us. And I know the Spirit of the Lord will cause us to pray and bring to pass the things that will translate into salvation of nations in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're listening to news in any way, you will see that we're getting closer and closer to the end of times. Praise God. In fact, in recent times, I don't think we have been close to the possibility of a world war again, like we have in recent times. It's really, really serious. And whether or not that even happens, the truth of the matter is that people are dying every day in these nations. You know, you can imagine 
nations like India, with such a large number of people who are saved, combined with the disease that poverty allows to thrive amongst people. They're dying. The same thing in our country here. They're dying. And then know that all these wars, kidnappings, robberies, all these things that are happening, terrorist attacks here and there, they're also mass casualties resulting in mass deposits in hell. Praise God. So we need to really pray. And I know that the Spirit of the Lord will help us greatly tomorrow. Please and please put it in heart. Don't be afraid. See, if just come, you get, just sit. Even if you don't pray, be with us when we pray. You hear me? Even if you will not pray, just be with us when we pray. Somewhere along the line, the Spirit of the Lord will help you, will touch you, strengthen you, and empower you to pray. You don't know how to pray. I, can, I promise you, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know. I'm going to pray tomorrow. I don't know. But I know I will come. I will yield my heart to the Spirit of God. And I know that He will help me. And I know likewise that He will help every single one of us. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Father, we thank you. We just really want to do your will. Not just because we want to do your will, but we want to see you succeed more and more. We want to see the fruit of the labor of Jesus more and more in the nations. We've me measured staggering statistics concerning the unsaved tonight. And we recognize that these are not new statistics. It's been like this. We're asking, Lord, that in these end times, you move us to do the things that should be done. Start, continue, and accomplish what you alone can do that will bring mass salvation from these nations in the name of Jesus. We remember India, we remember China tonight. That these nations, Lord, will receive the prosperity of the gospel. We ask, Lord, that supernaturally you will break down the oppositions. You will cause the gospel to penetrate more and more. We thank you for the underground church in China particularly. Thank you for sustaining it with your life. We ask that they will have more room. We ask that whatever labor they have put into it, you will bless it with supernatural harvest. The truth, Lord, is that we need your help. The truth, Lord, is that we need your help to evangelize the world. At times we claim and say, after all, you have given us the commission. And it's obedience that we need. We acknowledge, Lord, that we need to be more obedient. But here we are tonight again asking for your help. For this work is mighty. And we ask, Lord, that as we gather together tomorrow to pray, that you will anoint us to pray prayers that are effective. 
we ask. It's not about the length. We ask for the work of the Spirit that knows what to be done, that knows what to speak, that knows who to address. We ask that you will help us to pray from a divine and prophetic place. Prayers that will translate into salvation for billions. There are people that need to be prayed for in the different, different parts of the world who you can send. People, young people, middle-aged, old alike, who you have inspired to step out to preach and you have intentions to give them great harvest but something has been keeping them we pray that in this season of prayer you will anoint us to speak words to address the things that have kept them back to encourage their hearts some don't know how to start but that, Lord, you will bless us with ability in the place of prayer to speak into the realm of the Spirit and deliver into their hands and their hearts the things that they need, that the work may start and that it may continue. I want to pray tonight for missionaries around the world who have been doing the work, but discouragement has set in. Lord, we ask that a fresh breath of life comes into their hearts, into their ministries, that they will no longer be discouraged, they will no longer be afraid, that they will be strengthened. Connect them with those who will render assistance and give them divine supplies. Lord, let this work indeed prosper. It is to your glory and your praise. Thank you, Heavenly Father. You can start the work of intercession and supplication from this night, Lord. Let the Spirit begin to inspire our hearts. Give us utterance. Give us tongues. Give us words in our understanding that will translate into great movement in the realm of the Spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We are grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll give our offerings and then we'll close the service. So if you have an offering to give, please just... Um, Hallelujah. So please just rise and give your offerings. Praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Please just give your offerings. Just walk up and give your offerings. Who can sing this? Pastor. 
Is there anybody who can sing a thank you for giving to the Lord? I'm alive, that was Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Does anybody know it? You don't know it? Dreamt I went to heaven and you were there with me. Nobody knows it. You don't know it. You know it. You can do it for us, right? Right, just do it quickly and then we close the service. It's, 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 it's the song of somebody who says he dreamt he went to heaven and then people started coming to him. To say, um, one, he says, he used to teach us in Sunday school when I was only eight or something. Yeah. He said, um, well, the chorus says, thank you for giving to the Lord. I am alive that you changed. Thank you for giving the Lord to the Lord. I'm so glad that you gave. And I, I, I want, I want, you, you have it? All right. Okay, Pastor, you just quickly do that in two minutes or three, and then we close. I want to encourage you that as we pray and as you set your heart towards this, there are people you don't know, you may never meet on the earth. When we get to heaven, they will walk up to you and say thank you. Because it will then be revealed that the things you did with your lives, including the prayers you prayed, are what translated to their salvation. All right, Pastor, just help us do that. I dreamt I went to heaven. I dreamt I went to heaven. And you were there with me. We walked upon the streets of gold beside the crystal sea where the angels singing someone called your name Amen. Someone's going to call your we name. We turned and saw this young man and he was smiling as he came Amen. Then he said friend you may not know me now but then he said but wait, you used to teach my Sunday school when I was only eight. Every week you'd say a prayer before the class would start. But one day when you said the prayer, I asked Jesus in my heart. Thank you. Forgiven to the Lord. I am alive that was changed. Oh, thank you. Forgiven to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Do the second stanza if you have it now. A missionary came to church and his pictures made you cry. You didn't have much money, but you gave it anyway. Jesus took the gift you gave and that's why I'm here today. So thank you for giving to the Lord I am alive 
testimony in the name of Jesus. May the Lord Jesus be able to maximize your days. May you live in that way that when you get to heaven the words of that song will be your testimony and more. People coming from all around lines longer than you could count testifying to what your life did for them in the name of the Lord Jesus. Above all, may you have that testimony of Jesus looking upon you, holding your hand and saying, my child, great is your reward in the name of the Lord Jesus. So I decree and declare over you, you shall not live a failed life. The devil will not set you on an assignment that Jesus cannot reward. I want to say that again. The enemy will not succeed at setting you on an assignment that Jesus cannot reward. The life you live shall be a life that Jesus can reward. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I conclude by borrowing the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. 
So we thank you for the grace we have received in our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love and for the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that are with us now and forever. And all of God.